Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. I'm another one of your big boys, John George. And I am a guest big boy, Tom Meyering. Now, Tom is being a little bit modest. Um, his last <laughs> name isn't really Meyering. His name is John uh, Tom Quibby, founder of Quibby. And uh, he's here to really pitch us on his product today. So, Tom Quibby, can you please please tell me why I need to buy Quibby? Um, okay, so the last couple months, everybody's been on the go, constantly on the go, don't have much time to do any sort of relaxing. So I've got this app that you only need seven minutes to watch a TV show. Because uh, who has spare time? Yeah, that's that's a great point, uh, John. I keep kind of wanting to call you John Quibby, but that is that is not. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, no, that's that's We're our other Quibi host. Brothers. Yes, the the two Quibby brothers are here today <laughs> to really remind us the value of Quibby. Now, John Quibby, uh, when I watch these shows, are they good and interesting shows that I would want to to maybe watch for seven minutes? No, but it's something to do for seven minutes you know like you know when you have that seven minutes between like dinner time and not dinner time <laughs> well you could just turn this on and fill fill time with that um and you can watch it vertically and that's oh. i prefer i prefer vertically when i'm sitting on the toilet yeah um, no i mean and then I get, that way i can't see like part of the frame because hum- i don't want to see that. human <laughs> eyes are designed to view things vertically which i really appreciate uh from you two the quibby brothers you know, uh, people keep coming up to us and saying, Quibi Brothers, like, why make it vertical and horizontal? Now, if I watch it vertically, I know I'm missing out on something. And to that, I say, I don't fucking know. It's a phone. My grandma can't even figure out how to turn her phone horizontally, <laughs> right? Yeah, so the, reason we, the, the reason we invented this is because uh, I kept sending these cool meme videos to, uh, to my <laughs> cousin and he uh, he kept saying, "Uncle, or cousin, cousin Tom, <laughs> you uh, you gotta you gotta turn your camera when you're filming these." Um, uh, he doesn't and, call you Uncle Tom. That would be strange. Um, yes, it is. It is my cousin. He doesn't call me Uncle Tom. That'd be bad and strange. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. As I just invented this, so nobody can ever tell me that I have to film something a certain way ever again. Yeah, you, you were like, hey, idiot, I'm going to put fucking Anna Kendrick in this meme video, and then you're going to have to watch it. <laughs> and I shot it vertically. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, um, Quibi, what, a, what an invention. We, maybe we should have an episode where like we sp- go splitsies on a Quibi subscription, and then we just... Oh, the, the, the Quibi special <laughs> would be a really great... The Quibi special also sounds like a terrible sex move. Because they, they have movies on there, right? Oh. They call them like movies. But Seven-minute movies? Real sh- <laughs> they're actually just real shows because they're just 30 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, for the, they're updating movies for the times. You know? Okay, yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah. What if you guys uh, got big boy movies on Quibi? Oh, that's, that's Quibi. a on deal right now with Tom Quibi. Quibi podcasts. Yeah. yeah, we could do a Quibi <laughs> cast, five-minute movie reviews, uh, five-minute reviews of the things you can watch on Quibi so you don't waste your time watching Quibi. <laughs> this is exactly like um, the newspaper at uh, Butler, <laughs> the, why they fired me and my friend from being the podcasters of the newspaper. They were like, 
this is way too long when we had like a 40 minute podcast. We want like a five minute podcast. <laughs> then, oh, yeah. Well, they didn't fire us. We quit after they said that. We we're like, oh, well, <laughs> we don't want to do that. Yeah, that's uh, also, the, the editor did not know our names and was clearly very, very struggling to come up with what our names were because she kept trying to like say our names. <laughs> yeah. And you turned to him and you're like, hey, I'm John Quibby and I'm going to make it one day. <laughs> to be fair, exactly. John is a pretty hard name to pronounce. So yeah, yeah, yeah really hard. To, Impossible to Alex. remember. It was Alex Chavez and me. So. Yeah, who's who's ever heard of those names before? <laughs> no one. Not not my mom, who has two sons named John and Alex. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is Big Boy Movies uh, live on Twitch and not live on the Apple Podcasts app, Spotify. Google Play, stuff yeah. like that. Wherever you want to um, get your podcasts. And we have uh, Tom Myring here this week. Tom, how's it feel? You're, you're a listener of the of the show, is that right? Uh, that is right. It's uh, good to finally be here. Yeah, uh, our first our first fan making crawling his way onto the show. <laughs> yeah, this is like a make a wish thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I have been mentioned a few times on the podcast, so yeah, yeah, I've been here in spirit. Um, but yeah, exactly. Tom's my good friend from high school and he likes movies like us. And I particularly like this movie. Oh yes. yeah. We're talking eternal sunshine of the spotless mind because Tom is here. Uh, Tom, am I right saying this is your favorite movie or you said you might be debating between this and Columbus? Uh, yes, it is definitely top two. Um, I've seen it. Uh, I think this is my fifth time logging it on Letterboxd, and I'd seen it a couple times before that. So, damn, nice. So yeah. it's like you're inside out. Ah, uh, yes, me. yeah, you could say. I have that. seen that movie five times. I've also seen Scott Pilgrim five times on Letterboxd. Yeah, wow. I actually it's need to watch movie. some of these. I need to watch Columbus one or more two, one or two more times before it could uh, take the throne. Sorry, so Tom, did, once? did you say? Did you say Columbo? Columbus. <laughs> you said Columbo? Uh, I mean, this is Columbus, the part where we like talk the, about... Uh, always like where you tra- this, is, uh, this is your transition. This is my transition. Did either of you watch any movies uh, this week other than <laughs> Eternal Sunshine? Yes. Mm, no. Okay. Well, I did the transition. So I'm going to talk about Columbo, which is not a movie. Um, okay. Go ahead. As I do occasionally, um, I've made my point, I've made my case many times on this podcast that TV shows are just tiny movies. Uh, they are they are Quibi before Quibi, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I started watching uh, Columbo this week, and I really wanted to talk about it because I love Columbo and all of his hijinks. And, um, and technically, the first two episodes I watched, I think, were uh, TV movies. Uh, so they sort of do fit. Have either of you guys heard of Columbo? I have not. Oh, not at all? Mm-mm. Okay, so Except Columbo... when you said that you were watching it. That's yes. The Columbo is a uh, detective show from the 70s. Uh, and the interesting thing about Columbo, um, and the way I heard about it, I heard about it on a podcast a long time ago where someone pitched a reboot with Mark Ruffalo, which I desperately want to see now. Um... But I also heard about it because I know Ryan Johnson used it as part of his inspiration for Knives Out. And I was like, well, I love Knives Out. I should see what Columbo's doing. Um, 
And Columbo is great. So the main thrust of every episode is there's a murderer and you know who the murderer is and you see them do the murder and you see all the steps they take to try and cover up the murder. And then the rest of the episode, uh, Columbo comes in and he sort of like breaks down the murderer and like picks up all these little clues and hints to figure out like how they did it and sort of get the one piece of evidence he needs to to lock him up to get him arrested. Um, and it's a really interesting format for a mystery show because usually whodunits or any kind of murder mystery, the whole thing revolves around who's the murderer, how'd they do it, how they get away with it. Whereas with Columbo, every episode, you know who they are, you know how they did it, and you're just there to see Columbo figure it out. Um, <laughs> and that's entertaining enough because Columbo is... Columbo great. is so fucking good. Columbo, uh, his whole deal is that he kind of pretends to be a bad detective to sort of lull the murderers into a false sense of security and then at the end of the episode he just comes out and he's like pa gotcha evidence reason wow. logic um That's brilliant yeah it's really great uh peter falk plays columbo and he is just wonderful as that character he carry he doesn't like the people who play the murderers are also very good and they all act as really good foils to columbo but you keep coming back for columbo because he's always gonna get him it's so good um but yeah, I highly recommend watching. Where do you watch these. So there's a few options. I started watching them on Amazon Prime. The only problem with that is you do have to watch it with ads, um, which is annoying. Shite. Yeah. So that's Quibi not great. But ads. yeah, the yeah. it's um <laughs> it's true. A movie doesn't have well. No, he said arguable. Quibi doesn't have. Ads. He said oh. Quibi doesn't have. <laughs> Quibi doesn't have it's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. this again, this is Quibi before Quibi. This is proto Quibi is Columbo. <laughs> Actual um, TV. <laughs> yes. Um so it it's on Amazon Prime, but it comes through IMBD TV, um which has ads apparently. Uh but the other option is there are some episodes uploaded to the Columbo YouTube channel. So like the pilot episode is is on the YouTube channel without any ads, obviously other than the ones on the front that YouTube puts in. Um, and also I should note the first pilot episode of Columbo was directed by Steven Spielberg when he was like 25. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's Spielberg before Jaws, before anything. Like this is one of his, I assume one of his first directing gigs and it's a oh, really solid stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a really solid first episode, but yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Steven Spielberg before anyone had any idea who he was directed the first episode of Columbo. Wow. You know what that reminds me of? What? Scooby-Doo. Mm. We should watch Scoob. Yeah, you want to spend $20 to watch Scoob? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you can finally find out where Scoob came from. Oh, yeah. Is, that, is this the origin story? Yeah, this yeah. is the origin story. It's actually his conception story. So it's, <laughs> so it's mostly... Dogs have sex? Yeah, it's mostly dog sex. Um, and Shaggy oh. kind of comes in at the end. But it's, it's, a real, it's a rip-roaring good time if Warner Brothers is to be believed. Wow, that's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. I just saw an ad of uh, Ken Jeong um and scooby-doo on the mass singer promoting scoob oh i wow. saw that was, ad but could not bring myself to watch it yeah the, i was uh, just interested because i was like am i watching the mass singer i'm like that sounds like scooby-doo and ken jong also <laughs> knew that it was scooby-doo under the mask wow and, uh, it was a great ad now i want to watch scoob 
If the amount <laughs> okay. of uh, ad money that they've spent on this movie is any indication, I am not interested in seeing this movie because <laughs> I have seen 50 ads for this movie already. What's funny is there was a uh, billboard on my street near my apartment for Scoob, and it's been up there like since before quarantine started. And it said like, you know, April or March, whatever, whenever it was supposed to come out. Um, and then like last week they finally replaced that billboard. That's like, you can watch Scoob at home. Do you want to do that <laughs> instead? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you, you changed the billboard so I would not be confused anymore. I will say there is still a quiet place to billboard near my apartment mm. that has not changed and is Scooby very out of date. Like, Scooby-Doo is like one of the most rebooted things ever. Like it's yeah. rebooted all the time. Like it's nuts. Like, I don't think anyone cares whenever it's rebooted now because there's just so much Scooby-Doo that no one's like, yeah, I want it even more. <laughs> there's just so much. Yeah, already. and like none of the 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 reboots or adaptations are any different than any of the other ones. <laughs> like, it's always the same shit. It's just like different animation style. Yeah. I do kind of like this action. animation style. This animation yeah, style too. Honestly, looks... it looks cutesy. I like, I like yeah. it. It's new. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm not sure if I'm just pissed they replaced the Shaggy voice actor. Like, why would yeah. they do that? He was. He's. He's a legend. He's a legend. He is a. Le- he is legend. It's he not Will so Smith. So legendary. They had to like freaking bring him on for the live action too. They were like, well, tch, might as well just bring him on. You know, yeah. he's got the legendary voice. Do you think this Shaggy is as powerful? I don't, I don't think, think that's possible. Is. Do you? Th- I. I don't think that he could be as powerful as uh, the old Shaggy that we know. Yeah. No, the, the old Shaggy is. I, I miss the old Shaggy, the yeah. Scooby Snack Shaggy. I'm trying to do a Kanye thing. Yeah, if, uh, it's it's tough. <laughs> if this movie goes poorly, um, and anybody talks to the old Shaggy voice actor about it, he's just gonna be like, "It wasn't me." <laughs> I like to think that if this movie does poorly, people are gonna find like random interviews with the old Shaggy voice actor. And do those like super cuts like they did with Mark Hamill in The Last Jedi <laughs> and be like, see, he hates it. He hates this one. <laughs> like dramatic music. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And the title will be like, a Shaggy voice actor is tired. And the thumbnail's him looking like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, everyone gets tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Tom, what'd you uh, watch this week? What'd you watch, Tom? Uh, I watched uh, a total of 43 Jump Streets. Um, wow, watched 21 wow. and 22. <laughs> um, it's like an upgraded version of my joke about Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, we're really <laughs> about upgrading jokes on this podcast. <laughs> um, 21 Jump Street held up. It was very good. I actually upped its rating, I think. Um, and 22 Jump Street disappointed. Uh, uh, maybe because I watched it right after 21 Jump Street and it was kind of worn out, but I think it also just genuinely wasn't as good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. These are these like movies mean a lot to me, though, because I watched 21 Jump Street when I w- was first starting to text my first girlfriend in Ooh. the theater. So it's an embarrassing moment for me because I was a, a 14 or six, 15 year old boy texting in the theater the whole time annoying people yeah. i don't know if you were there tom maybe you were uh i don't like, think so i think it was max angelo tolius my dad 
and someone else, I can't remember. Squad. But it's a fond memory of mine because this is when me and my first girlfriend started texting. Uh, and I freaking love the movie. So not only was I falling in love, I fell in love with art. Wow. Cinema. <laughs> yes. Channing Tatum. 21 Jump Street. Art cinema. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so I think I had both at three and a half stars. And I upgraded 21 Jump Street to four and 22 down to three. So wow. Okay, so you think still think Twenty Two Jump Street is good? It's just not. It's, yeah, it's still entertaining. Um, I enjoyed watching it, which is basically what a like, three for me is. Yeah, Twenty Two Jump Street was kind of like revel. It was like weirdly revolutionary at the time, but I could totally tell if I rewatched it would not be as good. It was just like because the whole movie it like is basically just a. It's a criticizing sequels basically the whole time, and they yeah. clearly don't. They clearly didn't want to have to do a sequel for it, mm-hmm. but the studio was like, "We're gonna do it without you, with or without <laughs> you." So they were like, "Okay, I guess we'll fucking do it." And yeah. then they, the whole script is basically just like ragging on the fact that they have to do a sequel. So yeah, I'm also fu- pretty funny at the time. I'm pretty confident that it was intended. Like, you're not supposed to have watched Twenty One Jump Street since that came out. Like, it's supposed to have been two years since you saw Twenty One Jump Street. Because that's oh, how yeah. it was when I saw 22 Jump Street. And I was like, oh, man, this is super funny. Like, and catching, like, I don't know, there's, like, homages to the first movie. And you're like, oh, man, I remember that. It's honestly <laughs> but, uh, like a, it reminds me of, like, Hangover 1, Hangover 2 situation. Except, like, the only difference is 22 Jump Street acknowledged that it was, like, the same movie as the first one. <laughs> whereas Hangover 2 doesn't acknowledge that it's the same exact movie as the first one. And that's yeah. why everyone hates it. Because yeah, it's I never saw it. the first one. And then Todd and, Phillips said, well, if you don't like that, <laughs> I got something else for you. You ever heard of a Joker? <laughs> You're going to love this Joker. <laughs> Joker 2 is the same movie. That's in Joker. a different city. <laughs> Not Gotham City. They just Not even like else. a different city. It's just like a different street. <laughs> what if like it's a different, just, slightly uh, different staircase. Or the same movie, but with a taxi driver instead of the Joker. Wow, oh, and it's directed yeah. by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fantastic. Uh, Honestly, that's a good idea. Yeah. I've actually uh, never seen Joker, so I shouldn't criticize it. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> no, well, you can do it. You're right. You're right. To criticize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I never criticism. saw it, was because I knew that it was the same as Taxi Driver, and I didn't like Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time someone tells me about the Joker, I ask them if they've seen Taxi Driver, and then <laughs> I ask for their opinion. Yeah, 100% of the time, if they've seen Taxi Driver, they'll be like, it was fine. But if they haven't, they'll say, wow, fantastic movie. I cried. I love Joker. That's funny because I haven't seen Taxi Driver, and I don't think Joker is that great. Did you cry? I did not cry. <laughs> I, I mean, you can listen to our old episode about it. I was very scared I, I, most of the time. I listened... I forget if I listened to the whole thing. I think I might have, actually, even though I didn't watch it. Because I was yeah. like, I'm never going to watch this movie. But now, since then, I've kind of been more interested in watching it just because Oscars and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I am a little curious to watch it again in like a stress-free environment to see if that helps <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, I agree. It was kind of just like a weird situation. It's such a weird memory in my head now. Yeah. Of yeah, my for girlfriend sure. just like scared the whole time. Yeah, imagine <laughs> like, being scared of a shooter in a public place instead of germs. I know, right? Yeah, remember the God. good old days? Simpler <laughs> times. Scared to get shot down. 
At least a mask can protect you now. Nothing can protect you from a theater shooter. Yeah. Unless you have a bulletproof mask. Gun. Yeah, <laughs> John's gun that he famously brings with him <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, yeah BB, you were saying Joker. you were saying everybody was not scared of you at all, right, BB? This nervous guy sitting alone in the well, theater. Well, no, that's literally the point that I make <laughs> yeah, in that episode. I yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> Which is, listening to that. I, think I, that was, I was, yeah, that was one of the first episodes, right? It's an earlier one because yeah, we started the show in like August or September. So and that movie came out in October. I definitely didn't know what you looked like. So I just had yeah. your voice to go off of. I mean, why would you? <laughs> um, I, I just before we jump into the actual episode, I have a quick anecdote. And it's not a good anecdote, mind you, about 22 Jump Street, which is when I worked on the Sony lot for a week, um, the football helmet like golf cart from 22 Trump Street was parked right outside the office that I worked at on the lot. And that oh, was wow. like, I was like, oh, that's neat. This will be a good experience. And then it wasn't. But <laughs> that's, uh, it was, it was the football helmet golf cart. And then the two Ecto ones from Ghostbusters uh, were all parked outside the office. And then they had the Breaking Bad RV like jammed in like a back corner. Um, <laughs> Just putting Which, all their vehicles all over the place. Yeah, I think the it was, Breaking yeah. Bad RV is probably cooler than uh, that football helmet. I yeah, also thought that, that cool. it was it was the Breaking Bad RV and also Walter's uh, Pontiac Aztec were both just sort of like in a back corner on on the lot, uh, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> that's like the coolest shit I've ever seen. Wow, Brian Cranston doesn't get to keep the car. Come on, no, he. he I mean, Walter White doesn't get to keep the car either. To be fair. Whoa, Do you spoilers. think Brian Cranston wants an Aztec also? <laughs> yeah, right. All the people like who haven't seen Breaking Bad are pissed. I, I know. know. Walt doesn't get to keep the freaking thing. Yeah, Brian Cranston's probably driving a Lambo. Yeah, probably. He seems like that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, he got he has that Malcolm in the Middle money, am I right? Yeah, <laughs> his, his big break. <laughs> his big break, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, whenever There's anybody sees him, the they're like, Hal! So, I love yeah. <laughs> There's Hal. I love Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> it's a good show. He's a good character, too. Yeah. Holy shit, what is happening outside my apartment? I don't know. I, I'm hearing something. I think that's rain. Okay. I, I can't hear it. But that, that might be because uh, I'm using uh, 2010 Apple earbuds that have been through the wash a few times. But That might be it. It also could possibly be construction because there is a building that is going up next to me, but it's dark out, so I don't know why they would be constructing things. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, do you guys want to... I saw no movies besides this this week. I don't don't recall watching any TV shows. Oh, I watched the first episode of that new Justin Roiland show on Hulu. It was it was fine. It was like why can't I was just like why can't this just be Rick and Morty because yeah. it was basically just Rick and Morty. But I, also, I mean, there's new Rick and Morty out too. So yeah, yeah, yeah Solar <laughs> Opposites came the third. Um, huh? uh, I was talking to Cam the third in our oh, chat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not as into Solar Opposites as I am Rick and Morty. I think Rick and Morty's it, it, it was I, like too. I don't know. It's just too much like it. So it's not that good. Yeah, yeah it's like Rick and way. Morty American Dad. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I thought. I was like, it's like it's like Family Guy and American Dad, because it's like, why did why did Seth MacFarlane basically just make the same thing as Family Guy again? Yeah, um, but Seth Solar Opposites it? is definitely worse. Um, 
yeah, Solar Opposites definitely worse than Rick and Morty. But I've only seen one episode. So. Oh, I've I've watched a few, and I've it it just like doesn't have the same ch- charm of uh, as as Rick and Morty. But also, I want to mention, John, you fucking set yourself up for the the best Eternal Sunshine segue, and then you just started talking about Solar Opposites. <laughs> you said I can't right? recall watching anything oh. else this week. You yeah. son of a bitch. Wait, let me do it again. Well, let me do okay, it again. okay. We'll we'll do another take. I, Besides Solar Opposites and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I don't recall watching anything this week. I guess there's not really a payoff to that joke, but... (laughs) (laughs) Why can't you recall it, John? I mean, you... I I don't know. I have this business card for... What was the place called in the movie? Uh, Lacona, I think. I have no idea. Lacona Lacona. desk. Um... (laughs) Turtle Such of the Spotless Mind. This movie's old, so that means we could go to Spoiler Town right away. I mean, I'm going to make an argument. I want to make an (laughs) argument for Spoiler Free, which is no one's seen this movie, even though it's old. Um, Specifically, Cam the Third hasn't heard of this movie. So, In recent years, more people have seen it. Since it was on Netflix for a couple years, uh, its popularity grew a lot. That's also yeah. one of the reasons I'm thinking of moving, it, unseating it as my favorite movie. Now it's too mainstream, so I gotta uh, go to. Okay. <laughs> See, yeah. it's got um, on Letterboxd. It has four hundred and fifty thousand views. That's a and, lot. And uh, I'm going for something more in the forty k range, like Columbus. Oh, okay. Yeah, Columbus <laughs> yeah, like, is definitely more in the forty k. Uh, Columbo, yeah. Columbo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Columbo, a TV show. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, but yeah, it is still. I, I think there's a lot to be said about a little bit of a spoiler-free discussion for this movie, just because spoilers kind of make it worse. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, like I knew the premise of this movie, and I think I would have liked it more. I, I, well, I'll start off by saying I, I already did love it. I love this movie, but okay. I think I would have liked it even more if I didn't know the premise too. I think it would have been cool too. That because I think they handled the re- reveal of that pretty mysteriously and. Cool. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to spoiler spoiler free review this film right now, it's a 2004 movie directed by um, Michelle, Michelle Gondry. <laughs> but the the main the main uh, <laughs> credit you want to hear is that it was written by Charlie Kaufman because yes. this is famously known as um, one of Charlie Kaufman's best written movies. So it's mainly him. Uh, but yeah, who wants to go first? Uh, Tom, why don't you take it away? Um, okay, so a couple, couple selling points. Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Jim Carrey in a serious role, so that's how you know it's going to be good. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I love movies that have comedians like that in a serious role, maybe just because of this one, but I also like Stranger Than Fiction a lot, which is Will Ferrell in a... Uh, serious rom-com type movie, which uh, similar to this, um, yeah, or uh, uncut, so gems. uncut gems. Yeah, uncut gems too. Yeah, Adam Sandler is. Yeah, he's he's had a few of those. Uh, the Meyerowitz stories. Yeah, Meyerowitz stories, Punch Drunk Love, and yeah, gems any any time a comedian goes away from comedy, that's uh, that means that the script was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Except for, well, actually, Truman Show is good, but it's not, like, top tier. Wow, you don't um, like Truman Show? Wow, brutal. I like it. 
I like it. I like this Stranger Than Fiction and those Adam Sandler ones more, though. Oh, um, really? I like Sherman Chum better than Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, I don't know why I like Stranger Than Fiction so much, but this is not about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just got a tangent. Yeah, yeah so I, arguing. <laughs> Maybe it's like I wasn't prepared for this. I haven't seen Stranger Than Fiction. <laughs> I actually have. I saw it like when I was in like elementary, not elementary school, but like really young to have watched that movie. I uh, used, this is kind of a spoiler for Stranger Than Fiction, um, but do you guys remember when uh, he gets her, he gets her flowers and it's, oh, it's, it's yes. like not flowers. It's not like, like blooming flowers. It's like bags of flour because she's a baker. Yes. <laughs> um, so I did that once for my girlfriend um, because we'd watch the movie together and um I wasn't able like the flower shop on campus was closed and I, it was like our anniversary. Um, so I got her flower from the like little mini mart thing. <laughs> got her wow. couple bags of flower. Went over well. Think? She liked it a lot. Be Probably better. Like, Tom, I don't even care if this is an inside joke. Like this is just lazy, man. It was definitely a better <laughs> reaction per dollar than real flowers would have been because real flowers are expensive. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm and all about I'm all about that reaction per dollar ratio <laughs> when I'm making grand gestures. Yeah, that's probably down. That might be why I'm single right now. So <laughs> <laughs> Tom is just so obsessed with reaction per dollar. Yeah. If any uh, like, if any Twitch viewers are girls and single, hit me up. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> the only girl who watches my Twitch stream is my girlfriend. Tom. Hey, um, <laughs> if you break up with John, <laughs> <laughs> I will okay. be mad at you because he's one of my good friends. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what else. Yeah, you're in the middle of your view. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have too much. I don't know what to say exactly. I don't know what qualifies as spoiler free, but um, I just really like the editing of this movie. I think that's really well done. Um, so the director, Michel Gondry, um, I've watched one other movie of his, I think, and it's insane and terrible. Um, but you can definitely see where he comes from, like the surreal stuff. Um, it, the movie I watched was called Science of Sleep, and it's just really disjointed. And uh, he really needed Charlie Kaufman to uh, add to make his ramblings coherent. And uh, one thing Char one thing Michelle Gondry does well is directing these surreal moments, um, which, I, I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that this movie is about, um, a, like, erasing a relationship from your mind, and we kind of go along with that and see uh, memories getting erased. So watching that is very cool. I think that's very well... Very well done, very well edited. Um, I think the main story arcs, really, um, I think it's really good, um, really moving. And then I think the side characters uh, also have great character arcs that uh, don't, like, they don't take away from the main arc at all. So I really enjoyed them. And you got some, uh, some cool stars when they were very young yeah. like uh, yeah. Mark, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo. Uh, Kirsten Dunst um, this is the second both... Dunst movie in a row we're reviewing yeah well it's also <laughs> crazy because this was uh, 
Well, at least this was released in between the two Spider-Man movies. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, really. Yeah, so she that. she did first Spider-Man, and then I think this, and then Spider-Man Two, just right in the middle. Yeah, I wow. think she must have been signed on for this before Spider-Man. Yeah, or you know, like a lot of actors will do like the big budget sort of triple A movies to. Uh, you know, that's that's how they pay their bills. And then the little indie stuff that's more interesting, they'll they'll do just because they want to do like interesting acting. Yeah, yeah this movie's Jim Carrey. I'm yeah, on. this movie's it's definitely like, uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Adam Driver. Like he does his Star Wars that uh, on letter red or me on red letter media. They say this. They basically say like Star Wars pays for Adam Driver's mansion. Marriage Story pays for his coffee. Yeah, Marriage Story was a yeah. very low-key movie. Nobody's heard of it probably on this yeah. podcast, right? I mean, but in terms of like, there's, he's not getting paid the same amount uh, yeah. for And he's for done a lot of Story. movies of the same type. He's done a lot of like Noah Baumbach movies that were not nearly as big as Marriage yeah. Story. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's Adam Driver does love his indies. He's, gr- he's great friends with Noah Baumbach. That's why he's done so many. And yeah. he's, he's been in Coen Brothers movies. He's been all over the place. Yeah, Adam Driver is all over the place. What Coen Brothers movie? Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, have not seen that one. That's like <laughs> one of the only Coen Brothers I haven't seen. It's a good movie. I like it. I liked it. Yeah. Um. So this is where I become the villain, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I saw your rating. This is oh. I am I am become death, destroyer of worlds. Uh, no, I actually think this is a good movie. I watched this movie for the first mm-hmm. time in college, uh, during a class. And I remember liking it then, but it was one of those things you watch it during a class, like you don't watch it all in one chunk um, and all that. Uh, Yeah, I think this movie is definitely good. I really like the setup and I really like the ending. And I I disagree with Tom in that I actually wasn't a huge fan of the editing or the camera work. Uh, I understood what they were going for as far as the surrealism and sort of you know, like dreams and memories are sort of chaos and disparate and all that kind of stuff. But it it made it hard to watch at certain times. And so there there were points in the middle where I I it was just losing me to to a certain extent. And it felt almost like Jim Carrey was like, I'm a goofy guy. Give me something goofy to do, um, which <laughs> which didn't super work for me. Um, but I actually really enjoyed the these side character segments at certain times I enjoyed the side character segments more than the main plot line because it was so relatable. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like, I understand why people like this movie. I think there are parts of it that are really well written. I think the message is really powerful and conveyed very well. Um, there were just some sort of technical things that, that took me out of it at certain points. I will say, Um, uh, but, uh, just a comment about um, you kind of getting not interested in the middle. I will say that that has been an experience of mine uh, when recommending this movie to people. I've had multiple people stop watching in the middle and they're yeah. like, yeah, I don't understand why you like that movie. And I'm like, you got to finish it. That's why. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> um, and then I have two of those people, my uh, two of those people I've sat down and watched it with them and they come out of it liking it a lot more than they did their first half watch. Mm-hmm. Miriam also said that she only watched half of this movie. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it seems like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Everyone's on my side. The Rise of Skywalker sucks. Team BB. <laughs> okay, but once you finish this movie, the, there is the you, yeah. need, you need to make it to the payoff. Oh, absolutely. I'm, with, I'm more with Tom on this one, but I have a history of liking movies that do things like this. So, I, like, I think people would expect me to be on Tom's side with this one. I don't know. I like movies yeah. that like. Think I can see why people would be taken out of this movie, but when things like this happen, I get sucked in more. Like it's yeah. the opposite situation for me. It's like the same thing with her. I feel like, like her does something interesting and weird, and it really sucks me in because of it. And I think this movie did the same exact thing. Yeah, um, I I would compare this movie maybe to like Swiss Army Man, which is another movie yeah, that you yeah, really yeah. like that I wasn't super super hot on. I I really I like liked her though, so I can't compare those two. Okay. Yeah, I, agree. I think what yeah. happens, I think what happens with this is once you get to the erasing of memories, it's it, that happens for a little bit, and people are think that they can they are just projecting what the rest of the movie will be, and they're like, oh yeah, okay, so it's just gonna be this for the rest of the movie. I, yeah, I don't need yeah, to yeah. watch it. Yeah, so I, th- I think it like it it, get, it was a surprise that the movie like stayed on that part for so long to me because I thought they would examine more after erasing than the erasing itself. Yeah, the erasing is the majority of the movie. Yeah, that's why I thought it was... I think that's why it also captured my attention because I was not expecting that. I was expecting more of like a post-erasing perspective, which we we still got. Yeah. I think it was it was a lot shorter than I thought it would be, which was fine in my opinion. Like it it was a way to... uh, my, my expectations were different than what actually happened, so I was excited about that. I do also like, uh, this time I, I actually noticed it a little bit more, I like that it's a pretty short movie for such a critically acclaimed movie. It's an hour 45. Mm. Um, for most movies that I like really, really enjoy, I would expect them to be over two hours, so it's kind of nice to have it be a little bit, little bit easier to watch. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I guess... I they could you know, have made I, it 20 minutes longer of erasing. <laughs> yeah, when yeah, I yeah. started it last night, I was like not super in the mood to watch a movie, and then I saw it was like hour 45, and I was like, oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, very nice time. Yeah. yeah. When you see that under two hours, you're very excited. Yeah. <laughs> like when Marty's like, here's a three-and-a-half-hour movie to watch. Come Man, on. I watched yeah. that whole movie, Marty. I, I did all those hours for you, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've Man. ditched our podcast. Yeah, uh yeah are we gonna are we gonna go to spoiler town yeah i, yeah, we I think should. we should <laughs> spoiler time all right um yeah so where where to begin uh i, mean, I guess the i'll think all the movies right at the beginning so the end of the, yes it is one of those classic but you don't know it and the mm-hmm. first time i watched it um this was really effective because mm-hmm. the you don't even know but the f- beginning of the movie is him post erasure and him just doing his his daily life um i will say uh native long islander here so it, it, jim carrey lives in rockville center and he takes a train to montauk that's a long fucking train ride <laughs> if, if you you can look that up on a map montauk is the very very <laughs> east end of long island and rockville center is nassau county which is like probably less than an hour outside the city. Uh, so that's nuts. Him ditching it's also work. In February. <laughs> yeah. And in February, 
Jim Carrey, that is such also, I should mention, so he's on the Long Island Railroad. He runs around um, and just gets on the train to Montauk. And I was like, you can't do that, though. Like, that's not how the train, you have to buy your ticket first and then you get on the train (laughs) and the guy punches your ticket. So I'm interested. They didn't give us the scene where he has to talk to the conductor and be like, oh, no, I just hopped on. I I don't have the ticket. I have some cash. Can I oh, cash? God, that really sucks not having a ticket. Um, when I was leaving, when I was leaving New York to come home for spring break, which has turned into uh, months instead yep. of a week. Um, so I was taking the bus to LaGuardia, um, and I um, I used OmniPass, which is like my phone, um, like the Apple Pay thing. I used that to get to ride the subway down to the bus. Mm-hmm. And then you're supposed to use your Metro card to get a bus ticket, but I'd never gotten my bus ticket checked. And I was like, ah, I don't want to pay another 275. I already paid with the Omni thing. So, and I can't really like, I can't really use that for the same ticket. So then this is the only time ever that I got my ticket checked and they were not giving me any slack and I got a hundred dollar <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah. So that is the last thing that I did in New York was pay a hundred dollar <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Yeah, Whoa. so we really missed that scene in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, just not checked. Yeah, no, I I think there is a system for that, but uh, I wonder if it. I guess it would have been it a peak been ticket different. too. I'm gonna stop talking about the Long Island Railroad. It might have been different. Uh, this was back in the day. You guys didn't take the train back then, did you? 2000. I mean, I lived there, so yeah, probably I did a little bit. <laughs> um, I definitely didn't. Uh, actually, I think it was there in t- 2006, maybe, but I didn't go to Long Island. Okay. I, yeah. I, the only time I went to New York was like last year. So. Yeah, and you would only take the Long Island Railroad if you were commuting between the city and a, a town on Long Island. Um, yes. But anyway, so yeah, he goes to Montauk to find the Montauk monster, I assume, and. Uh, he meets Clementine and I don't even know if we really need to do like a plot synopsis. Um, we can just talk about like, I think it's, I don't know. I think the first, first act of the movie is like we're talking about because it's super interesting. And like, I almost picked up on the fact that like this, that something had to be going on because like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I don't know. It was weird. Like, them meeting was weird, right? It, was, it wasn't, like, the most, the cutest, like, relationship coming <laughs> together you've ever seen, right? Yeah. It's, like, kind of just, like, weird and odd. And you think to yeah. yourself, oh, maybe they're just weird people. Maybe Jim Carrey is just a weird fucking person. Yeah, this is something I actually wanted to bring up, like, overall with the movie is it's sort of interesting in the sense that, like, this is very clearly a movie written by, like, a moody soft boy for other moody soft boys. Um, but I think what's interesting about this movie is that Kate Winslet's character is like arguably a manic pixie dream girl, but in a lot of ways, her character also sort of rejects that. Um, and we get that sort of immediately with her character of her making the first move and like talking about all this weird shit and she's got blue hair. She's like dressed up in a crazy like sweatshirt and everything. Um, So I thought that was like, it was something I didn't strongly remember about the movie is like how weird her character is. Yeah, I think she's a very well done Manic Pixie Dream Girl because she's not like perfect. She's like kind of a bitch sometimes and like Jim Carrey also sucks sometimes. So like, I don't know, I think that makes the characters a little more real, just them having real flaws. And that's that's Um, what I mean by the rejection is sort of like, because in the stereotypical Manic Pixie Dream Girl story, you have... 
essentially this wacky girl finds this like boring, sad dude and she sort of like fixes him, uh, which obviously does not, it doesn't happen in this movie and it, it arguably does at the end, but not really. Um, but I, I did really like the line towards the end where she says like, what, what did she say? Like concept? No, is she, it this I'm a fucked up girl looking for yes, my own peace of mind. I'm a fucked up girl looking, <laughs> yes, looking for my own peace of mind. I was like, yeah, that's exactly sort of like them trying to avoid that idea of her just sort of being there to to make Jim Carrey less of a sad boy. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a, definitely a few really great lines that come out of her. I forget what mm-hmm. the other one is. Um, yeah, I can't remember it. Yeah, yeah, she's got she's got some good lines for sure. I mean. I could just easily tell something was something was up here. I still think it's done well. Um, oh yeah, and in, in response to <laughs> to uh, what you said about Charlie Kaufman, uh, BB, I have a quote from someone's Letterboxd review that I think is hilarious. It's not on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's on the movie Adaption, <laughs> okay. which was also written by Charlie Kaufman but directed by Spike Jones. Um, and it's Charlie Kaufman equals every pretentious ass white boy in my film classes, except he's actually talented. <laughs> yes, this is a hundred. Watching this movie a hundred percent the whole time, I was thinking like, this is the ultimate white boy film school movie. Like <laughs> it's I and I again, I think it's a good movie, but I you cannot shake that feeling when you're watching this of like I'm so sad and I write in my journal and. I, uh, I, I don't even know what his job is because they don't tell you, but it's, it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, I, I, I see where this, this came from. What other, I think have, that, you guys, have you guys seen other, what other Charlie Kaufman movies have you guys seen? I've seen Synecdoche, New York, which is yeah, also very good. That. Yeah, I still need to see that. That I've one's seen, very good. Also kind of trippy. Um, Anomalisa, which is like a weird yeah, claymation movie. <laughs> I saw that as well, which is pretty good. And then he wrote, he wrote uh, Being John Malkovich, which we talked about on this podcast last time. We did. And I freaking love that movie. That movie's hilarious. Yeah. I have not um, seen that one still. But he's got a, yeah, there are, all his movies are like, this Eternal Sunshine reminds me the most of Anomalisa, I feel like. But Being John Malkovich is like a, beast of its own like it's completely different from these two i feel like but mm-hmm. it's similar in a way because i think being john malkovich has that like it has its own version of the company that like erases minds in this one like being john malkovich kind of has that as well because there's a fucking thing that you legit turn get into john malkovich's mind with yeah um so i can see the similarities in writing there but yeah, Charlie Kaufman is. I, I think that review is hilarious because I think it's like spot on. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, perfectly. And I think Charlie Kaufman. I think because of that, um, I don't know if I would have liked this movie as much if I had watched it for the first time like a year ago. But I watched it in high school, probably when I was like a junior, or sophomore, or something. Um, like right when I was actually getting into like real film, and this was like one of the first movies I saw that like has like a crazy twist like this that's really well done um i mean obviously like everybody's seen inception and stuff and like uh, things like that but those are a lot more basic than this Mm -hmm. um and i think this was i don't know i've watched this at different times in my life and the first time i watched it was before i'd ever been in a relationship which is interesting um (laughs) and then i watched it 
I think after a breakup or no, the next time I watched it was maybe I think just normal. Like, I think I was in a relationship or something. Then the next time I watched it was after getting back together with my ex. Like we had just started dating again, um, which is uh, I'm very proud that I like got her to watch that because it's just like a very like funny circumstance to watch this movie under. Yeah. And then I watched it again when we broke up. <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's good. Um, I don't know. I, that's what I, one thing I really like about it is it can have different meanings at different times in your life, and it like is up for interpretation how you're supposed to interpret it. I yeah. think if I went through a breakup, I think this is the movie I would want to watch. Like it feels like a good coping mechanism for like exactly what you, it seems like exactly what you would need just to like get to get to get a cry out and just like yeah try to get over it kind of even though mm-hmm. you're just like i don't know i i personally believe to get over a relationship you need to like fucking just like think about it all at once just so you can like get all the thoughts out of your mind and then you can move on and i think that this movie would be really good at it because yeah you're basically just going through their memories and all all that made me do like me and Miriam are breaking up but but um, it, <laughs> not it yet me, it just made me think of all of our good memories and like how i would never want to fucking lose them uh just like jim carrey doesn't by the end of the movie so yeah 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 the movie's very pulls, oh, oh go ahead Tom. it kind of uh, pulls you out of uh like the misery of a breakup and makes you like appreciate that like even though this part sucks like it was still worth being in the relationship (laughs) yeah exactly that's the fucking yeah that's that's the whole story so the whole point of the movie um damn what was i gonna say (laughs) sorry no no it's all it's all good um it probably wasn't very important something i always agreed with so i really do like the moral of the story yeah it's it's um it's very smart in the way it's presented. That's what I was going to say. It's, it reminded me of Memento a lot, obviously, because they tell the story of the relationship backwards, which is what makes it so effective because you get all the shitty stuff out of the way first and you're like, yeah, that sucks. But then you get to the good stuff and you're like, oh, no, like this is what it's actually about. And um, yeah, it's it is really powerful. That moment where Jim Carrey finally realizes, like, no, this is a bad idea. I don't want to do this. And he's like, stop stop the whole thing and you're like yeah that sort of solidifies the whole theme of the movie just in the sense of like the those memories despite the fact that you have that painful ending is is still worth it because relationships are generally a positive thing unless they're super toxic um but yeah i think that's what makes the ending ultimately so powerful is them being like well this is probably going to be the same thing again but i'd rather do it and remember it than than not have it at all, not try. Yeah. I think that 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 line at the end, specifically when when they have to like go through those those tapes and just like listen to how much they fucking hate each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Um and they ultimately like that moment where they where Jim Carrey's response is just like so what? Like like so what if I think this? Like Yeah. Uh, and I think that's so true to life is that like a fucking relationship just can't be fucking perfect all the time and being in a relationship like it depends on sometimes accepting that it's going to be shitty and you're going to hate certain parts about each other because you can't like a person perfectly yeah uh, you, you, there's always something about a person that that you get annoyed with and especially with like a person in a relationship you spend like every day with this person like you're going to start hating certain things about them so mm-hmm. like 
it's something you just kind of got to accept and realize that the, that the good times are more worth um, getting through. Yeah. So this is Big Boy Dating Advice, uh, a podcast <laughs> yeah. about dating. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like my stream from two days ago where I was yeah. giving dating advice. So um, uh, one thing John touched on earlier was the, uh, was the twist and that he almost kind of figured it out which I think is really good. Uh, I think it's really well done in that, like, there's enough clues there that it's not just, like, completely unguessable. Um, you can kind of figure it out. Um, and I think, like, 80% of the people will go the whole way without figuring it out, but then, like, those 20 that do or whatever, like, I think it's still an enjoyable movie. And I think, I don't know, I just think that's really well done, and, like, they give just the right amount of... Uh, just the right amount of like a clue yeah i like yeah i had a feeling about the twist like at the beginning i had like a i was like i don't know from the beginning but then somewhere in the middle i was like okay that's definitely what's happening but it doesn't like ruin my movie go experience like i thought that it felt like it was written for that i the way it was written made me feel like i was supposed to know there was a twist for some reason yeah i think i think they um well, I think they gave it away a little bit too hard when he opens his journal and he's like, oh, apparently this is my first entry in two years. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, All <laughs> right. It, it, that makes it pretty obvious at that point. I mean, even when you're first viewing things, you're not always like actively thinking about what you're watching. So I think it still works. But there are some very like I would argue almost too heavy clues in the beginning to make it like a true twist. Yeah, my, but biggest, I've, my I've, biggest hint is that it's just like. If it's the first time they're meeting, then it wasn't that cute, in my opinion. My biggest hint was that. <laughs> so I was like, this is definitely not the first time they met. Like, yeah. I so I've watched it. I've like rewatched it with people, with other people. Like I'm showing them the movie, and uh, I always get like really nervous when like when that comes up, and when he like mentions the first time they met. Like he mentions it for like five seconds or something. It's not. It's not the same. Yeah. yeah. Um so I always get really nervous. I'm like, please don't figure it out. But they like people generally don't figure it out actually, just because people don't watch movies that intently. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like I, I was actually kind of surprised. There were like the two people that I showed it to that like I made them watch through it the full time that they'd like seen half of it already. I was like pretty surprised that they didn't figure it out the second time because like I don't know. I guess maybe they just were like not focusing at all because they'd already seen that part. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't think it's too heavy handed. I think, like I said, I think like there's it's there for you to figure it out. But like everybody's not going to figure it out like easily. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like it's there. It's still there. But I don't think they made a big deal out of it. That's the reason why I don't. Mm-hmm. Like it's clearly there and it's there to figure out. They don't they're not like actively trying to make it so you can't figure it out. Yeah. Because, yeah, because clearly, like, the big, there's no big reveal or anything that, like, oh, the beginning was actually the end. And it's like, it, it was more subtle than that. So it didn't matter if you figured it out. They, they made and sure you're su- it didn't matter. And you're supposed to figure it out at some point before, like, the very yeah. end. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to talk we side should... characters at all? I was literally just going to say we should talk <laughs> about the side characters because those are, those are my homies. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's wild watching this movie and every like in the first act, every five minutes, you're like, oh, wait, they're in this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I it's so funny because like this is Elijah Wood. Like this is one of the first movies he did after finishing Lord of the Rings, <laughs> which is so crazy. Um, He's such Mark a Ruffalo person in this movie. Holy cow! Yeah, it's so weird. this is like this is a very Elijah Wood role though. Like you can see, like he wanted to take this. Um, it's kind of weird though because I feel like for his role, it almost should be somebody that is like with like very unrecognizable. Because you're not supposed to recognize, like, you're kind of not supposed to recognize them between the scenes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do the big sort of reveal where you don't see the new boyfriend's <laughs> face and then you sort of yeah. pick up on it as he's talking about, like, this I new girlfriend up on that he has. Too quickly. That was way too quick of a pickup for me. I was just, I think, like, the first, I don't know. It was, it was very quick for me to pick up that he was, he was dating her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just love the scenes where they're all just in his bedroom, like being <laughs> so loud, like yeah. fucking around, getting drunk. Because that to me is like, yeah, that's probably what would happen. <laughs> like, <Honestly. laughs> like they're not going to remember anyway. And they're on these crazy sleeping pills. Like, yeah, fucking raid their cabinet and like have a party. Um, and I guess fuck <laughs> next to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nuts. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. I I feel like Elijah Wood was more recognizable back then than he is now. Like I feel like people yeah. growing up now don't know who fucking Elijah Wood is. Like, yeah, well, he was he was Frodo Baggins, and yeah. going from Frodo Baggins to like creepy memory perv with like terrible beard. That's that's a pretty <laughs> big jump. That was the original name for him in the script. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like if Tom Holland just becomes some like creepy, creepy guy yeah, in some movie yeah. after he's oh done being Spider Man. I really want Tom Holland <laughs> to just just play a creepy ass dude this next movie. Yeah, Everyone I mean this like, is why. <laughs> this is what Tom what Holland. actors do. You get Robert Pattinson. All he's known for is Twilight, and now he plays insane weirdos in every movie. I mean, he is going to be <laughs> Batman, but like, you know, these actors Batman's cl- kind of an insane weirdo. So yeah. Um, these actors very clearly want like weird, interesting roles to do. And so once they get their big break, they're like, now I can do the indie shit and like get this weird stuff funded that I want to do, uh, <laughs> which I, I appreciate. Yeah. seems like Pattinson's pissed. He has to be Batman because he doesn't want to work out though. That's the tweet. No, Phoebe said no his thing is that he's probably still working out. He's just not doing like his Batman workout because they're not filming. <laughs> <laughs> and all the people are upset on Twitter and they're canceling yeah. well, this Batman. Let's let's take an aside real quick. That fucking GQ article is incredible and hilarious. There there is a quote in that article where Robert Pattinson's like, I don't even really have like concept of food anymore. Like some nights I just put like hot sauce in a tuna can and that's my dinner. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Oh my God. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, back to these side characters. I mm-hmm. did not know that was Mark Ruffalo. I like had not until after the movie because I was just like, this guy looks so familiar. Who is this guy? <laughs> he looks like, um, um, what's the guy from To All the Boys I've Ever Loved? Do you know who I'm talking Noah about? Centennial? The Netflix guy? Huh? Noah, what's his face? Noah Centeni- Centennial. Centennial? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Noah Centennial. He time traveled back to this movie. <laughs> I think this is just like the youngest uh, Mark Ruffalo's ever been. And so it's just so <laughs> jarring to us. Like this is pre everything Ruffalo. And it's just like he, his hair isn't curly or kind of gray. Like he's much skinnier. 
He's wearing these thick glasses. It's he was just like pulling off. He was pulling off like the Jermaine from Flight of the Concords look. Yes, so exactly. That, so I was like, is that is that why it's just familiar to me? Because it kind of looks like that, or like what? Like what? Who is this person? <laughs> uh, David Cross is in this movie. Huge David Cross fan. So yeah. Happy to so see if you there. doubted the uh, popularity of this movie, BB, this is Mark Ruffalo's fourth listed movie on Letterboxd. Which wow. is very impressive because he said, What's like, the top three? Above, <laughs> it's above, a, it's behind Infinity War, Endgame, and Ragnarok. Okay, that's but all bullshit. In, um, but in front of Avengers. <laughs> that's that's super bullshit. Uh, I'm surprised Zodiac bu- isn't in there at all. It's because. Uh, people- yeah, actually, I don't know how this is. I don't know how this is ordered. Yeah, Zodiac uh, is his eighth movie. That's behind. Wow. Not too what I mean, it's the second non-MCU movie. <laughs> let, let me uh, clarify. When I say that's bullshit, it's that I think the first Avengers is better than all those other... Well, not Ragnarok, but it's better than those other two Avengers movies. So I think it should be... Yeah, if Eternal Sunshine is going to be below something, I think it should be below It's because, first maybe, it's Avengers. because everyone uses Letterboxd more like you. They all joined recently, so they watched Avengers, but they aren't logging it because they watched oh. it a while ago. Okay. Actually, there's. I think Avengers yet. You haven't. Oh, I thought Avengers. we were talking about rating, not viewership. Oh uh, no, no, no this is just is. based off popularity. But okay. Avengers, Avengers has more views than any of these other ones, actually. Oh, weird. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of confused. Is it might just be like because it's views, maybe. Maybe over like watches per year or something. I don't know. <laughs> Although um, Eternal Sunshine definitely shouldn't be up there then because it's been out for four or for sixteen years. <laughs> yeah, Eternal right? Sunshine is the highest rated movie that Mark Ruffalo has been in on Letterboxd. That makes oh, sense. Have you have either of you guys seen uh, Zodiac? Yep. Yes, Zodiac. Okay. We watched it together actually. I think. Did we? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Let me check my review remember, for it. But... I remember watching it in college at Butler. Uh, then I did not watch it with you, if you're right, but I think I watched it with you at your house in Gross Point. Okay, check. Double check. Because wow, I, no, we watched We watched Prisoners together, which is similar to this movie. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Zodiac's different. Zodiac I watched at Butler for sure. Okay, yeah. I just love Zodiac. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Anyway, um, I actually really liked the sort of... I thought it was a really strong reveal of the... I didn't not Kristen Stewart, Kirsten Dunst uh, side plot where she's like crushing on the main doctor guy the whole time. And you're like, oh, this is just sort of like a weird thing she has. Um, And then you get that big reveal where it's like, oh, she got the memory erased. And this doctor man is a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I think that makes up for the ease of guessing like the the main twist i think that like i think even if you guess the main one like you're not you're never going to guess this one so like there's a surprise at the end for you no matter what type of viewer you are unless you're a repeat viewer but if you're a repeat viewer that means you like the movie probably so yeah i just can't believe the thing of like first off convincing her to erase her own memory which is super fucked up for your boss to do and like someone that you like committed adultery with but then also to like keep her hired at your yeah. practice? What the hell? Yeah. That's so I was, fucked up. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, how does he justify this? I guess he'd like feel bad firing her with like nowhere else to go. Yeah, because she wouldn't know. know why she was being fired. She would just wake yeah. up one day and he'd be like, sorry, letting you go. But still, like, that's so like, 
that's like abuse. That that dude's also fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Also, if I was his wife, like I would not yeah. have stayed with him. <laughs> and because yeah, like know. they, what the hell? It's like, what if he's doing this to me? <laughs> oh my! Well, it has to be voluntary, but um, uh, yeah, I guess. But what if she wanted to forget one of his affairs and like he did that to her? <laughs> yeah, I, there might, I don't there know. might be that. That that might be some sort of backstory. Although it can't possibly be. I've, I'm sick of seeing movies where Kirsten Dunst is just crushing on people the whole time. Now I've seen yeah. like three movies in a row where Kirsten Dunst is busy <laughs> crushing on people. I just want to see a movie where she doesn't do that, please. Yeah. I uh, There was a Holocaust movie she did. That one's sad. I don't think she, she crushes Mary on anyone Antoinette, in that one. I don't think. I, I imagine watch. she's not crushing on anybody in Mary Antoinette because she's like royalty. I can watch Melancholia. Actually, that's... Like <laughs> Don't watch story. Melancholia. <laughs> I need to watch it still. I haven't seen that, that many Lars von Trier movies. In it. I haven't yeah, seen there's, it. A, there's a reason. <laughs> I mean, I'm I thought Melancholia was supposed to be good. I should, I should see... Melancholia is apparently... <laughs> Melancholia is like the one that you should see at least, I guess, because the rest of them look, just look batshit insane. But yeah, I, I think Melancholia is the one like movie movie that he made and the rest are like gore sex porn nightmares i'm in um, okay nymphomaniac yes wait kirsten dunce is in jumanji yeah she the plays, new one she plays a the kid. original she plays, oh okay um yeah she plays a kid in that one is okay, she like one sense. of the main kids yeah oh that's cool not um, the new ones, no. But she should be in the new ones. Like she, why, why didn't they bring her back? Yeah, they could have her yeah. be like the mom or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, wait, is Melancholia actually that bad? No, I haven't just, seen Lars it. Von I've Trier seen. Is just like he's just uh, he directs things that like a general audience would fucking hate. Basically, it's not just general. It's just like disturbing yeah. shit. And so, like, he's famous no, because wait, he every time he premieres a movie at a film festival, like, half the people get up and walk out because it's just, like, unwatchable. <laughs> well, he has some. Oh, he did the Nymphomaniacs? Has Willem Dafoe in it. Maybe I need yeah. to see it. Yeah. I am the top I... review. I hate this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did yeah the these do all look insane. His most recent movie is The House That Jack Built, um, yep. which, which apparently was pretty good, actually. But that one looks the most normal. Yeah, that one actually looks pretty normal to me. But I think it's more murder. It looks like a murderer vibe to me. So anyway, um, <laughs> let's let's bring up a thought experiment relevant to the movie we just watched. Okay. Uh, we do a modern reboot of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, and we're over all this relationship stuff. No one cares anymore. Like, this business is tailor-made for people who just want to, like, re-experience video games and movies, right? Like, that's what it's about now? That'd be great. That you, would be great. Like, you, you want to play Breath of the Wild again, you go to Creepy Pervert Memory Man, Inc., wow. and uh, you say, like, take it out. And that'd be a much more comfortable movie to watch for all audiences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it's the like idea ready. that someone has, like, the same kind of reactions, though. Like, in the middle, when they're losing all their memories of the first time they played, like, their favorite <laughs> game. And he's like, no, I take it back. Stop. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, yeah, is, yeah we need go ahead, Tom. We need this combined with Ready Player One. That's yeah. the crossover we all need. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I wish I could erase yeah. my memory of seeing Ready Player One just so I can not see it. <laughs> so you just, yeah, I mean, I guess that's another application for that service is like, man, I don't want to remember that I wasted two and a half hours watching Ready Player One. I would just tape, but you need like, to... tape things on my wall saying, do not see Ready Player One so that I can remember that I should. But see then it. you'd be so curious, be like, who put these on my wall? Yeah, and like, true. now I want to see it. Who's this asshole telling me what to watch? True, true. <laughs> That's but like you gotta see these. You gotta see those bad movies so you can appreciate good movies. Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta uh, calibrate your rating scale with a half star. Yeah, I imagine a. Uh, I imagine like a version, like a customer to this place, where they just go in and they're like, oh, "I saw it, another bad movie," and they erase it because uh, he doesn't want to remember any of the bad movies. And then he ends up thinking that the worst movie of all time is like Ooh. Citizen Kane or something because he has no standard for bad movies. They actually have a uh, they have a policy that you, can, you can't do it more than twice in a year, I think. It's either you can only do it three times or you can't do it three times. Oh, okay. Kirsten Dunst is like on the phone with somebody at one point. She's like, I'm sorry, like, it's our policy. Like, three times in a year is not allowed. Oh, okay. Um. There's also like a couple of people. It's it's kind of unclear what one of them is, but there's people in the waiting room. One person's trying to forget her dog. Yeah, I saw um, that. <laughs> mm. And another, it looked like he's trying to forget a son. Maybe I don't know. Jeez. There's a, some sort of trophy. Yeah, yeah so that one's like a little dark. I didn't know what the trophy one was. I maybe couldn't really was, tell what it was. He was trying to forget the, the time he lost the big game. Yeah, it looks like it's so embarrassing. (laughs) Could have been a bowling trophy or something, maybe. Yeah, when he lost the big bowling game. (laughs) When he bowled at 299. Probably cost so much money to do this. Why would I go into a race just like this one little memory? Like, does the big game matter to me that much? Yeah, no, someone like stubbed their toe and they're like, fuck, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go in. I got to get this erased. Yeah, I wonder well, it's also like carries... you don't remember the place after it's done. So I, I imagine they don't get a ton of repeat customers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess people that live in the neighborhood, maybe. Yeah, they yeah just see it all the time. Just like pass like, by oh, it, and they're like, "Oh, that place looks interesting." Yeah, Dunst must have like a hard job because they're like, "You can't do it more than three times." And he's like, "What? I've I've never done this. I've just <laughs> never this done this ever." <laughs> Nope. I have to be uh, like, right sir, here, did, did you watch Jack and Jill for the first time? He's like, yeah, I watched it for the first time. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> not really. You've seen it so many times. You've come in every You've time seen it 15 times. Our business is like 50% funded by you watching Jack and Jill. <laughs> Ooh, I'm reading reviews of Scoob on Letterboxd now. Oh, that's, that's great podcast material. Um, I do think Elijah Wood's a really really well done scummy guy he's just so mm-hmm. bad yeah <laughs> there's he no sucks. redeeming qualities yeah but you can like see like i like how he's scummy but it's like realistic like i could totally yeah like that would happen. like you could see it you could see a douchey person doing that like because it is one of those things where like he knows he can get away with it because mm-hmm. they're not gonna remember so like yeah exactly it's, it's like being on the internet you know you have that anonymity to sort of do that like creepy shit so you're gonna fucking do it. You're gonna steal some panties, right? Yeah. Might as well. And I like like how Mark Ruffalo gives him shit for like a minute, and then he's like, um, like my yeah. boy. So 2004. <laughs> yeah, they're getting high and like dancing on Jim Carrey's bed. Like he clearly doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is just here for a good time until the end, and then Mark Ruffalo is a soft, sad boy. 
Yeah, he's... I, I want to believe that him and Kirsten Dunst get back together at the end. I, I believe Mark Ruffalo yeah. when I he really said he didn't know. I really don't think they're going to get back together. She was never into him. <laughs> Man. Poor Mark Ruffalo. Poor Mark Ruffalo. At least we got Jim I mean, Carrey and Kim w- K. Winslet getting back together. That's all Mark Ruffalo had sex, so... That's true. I mean, at least, yeah, it's all I can ask for, really. (laughs) It's all I want in my life. Race every time they have sex, so that they can have sex for the first time. The first says so. They're just permanently a virgin. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. What if it's like somebody that's waiting till marriage, and then they make a mistake one time, and then Uh, they go and erase it, but they keep making a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. And then the movie keeps going on like that, and then they die, and they go to hell, and they're like, why am I here? And God will be like, "Mm mm-mm, check the records. This could be like a triple X version of this movie. Just like a, like a very loose plot for a porn. It sounds yes. like a Christian version of the movie to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining like a, a Ben Shapiro starred uh, Eternal Sunshine <laughs> where he makes a mistake and has sex before marriage. Or Milo Yiannopoulos. He uh, kisses a man and then erases it from his <laughs> mind because he wants to be a good conservative lad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm imagining Alex Jones' version where he just like learn. He's learning all of the, these true facts about the world and then he asks them <laughs> to be erased. Yeah, he erases them and then he becomes like super paranoid that the government is like erasing his memories. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I can't even remember what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else to say about this this film? I mean, we talked about the non-spoiler part. I don't know if they're like spoiler parts I want to go into with the editing style because it, I don't know. It wasn't the specifics that I like that much. It was more of just the style in general. Yeah, my issue with the editing was ultimately just sort of the chaos of it all. And there were some really strange, like uncomfortable cuts, which is like, arguably you're supposed to feel uncomfortable, but it, it wasn't the right kind of uncomfortable for me. No, with him being like a kid, the, him being a kid was, was also a scene. I was not a fan of, um, <laughs> but that's more of just like a taste thing. That's not like technical. That felt very John well, Malkovich being John Malkovich esque to me. That comment. Yeah. It, that's the scene I was referring to when I was saying it was just Jim Carrey being like, well, we have Jim Carrey, like he's got to do something <laughs> wacky. And so they're like, okay, pretend you're four years old and she's going to like flash her crotch at you and you're going to be on a tiny set or a big set. So you look tiny. Um, so, yeah. The one kid scene I did like was when he fucking had to beat the bird with a hammer. Yeah, that yeah, was I really like that one. Yeah, I like that one. I like that a lot. I, not necessarily like that part of it, but like I like them interacting as like they're both kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, um, I don't know, and I like yeah. Every once in a while, I wish I wish Miriam could see me as a kid too. So I think that was relatable to me. I think yeah. the pillow thing is cute too. That that's like a theme. I don't know. Oh, them using like uh, the smothering of the pillow for sex, but also as children. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not like really a sex thing necessarily. It's more like a just playing thing. I don't know. And I think that's like cool. I don't know. I thought that was a cool thing that they also did it as kids. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I didn't see it as an overtly sexual thing, though. So maybe it that's seems why sexual I to me. But I don't. Sexual thing either. I saw. Oh, something. Y'all have bad like, sex then. 
I think it's just like being bored and like when you're like laying in bed all day and being bored. Yeah. It's like practicing acting. I don't know. Yeah, that is another valid interpretation. I'm going to stick with mine. <laughs> That's the beauty of this movie. There's many different interpretations. Yeah. Um, I also read, because uh, Amazon gives you the little trivia, I read that the way they shot this movie is uh, the director had a headset on and all of the cameramen had like earbuds in and the director would just like shout directions at the cameraman, like go over here, get get this angle. And the whole thing was to just sort of like capture the actors from like all these different angles and like let the actors sort of explore the space dynamically, which I think is a really interesting directing technique, but also led to a lot of camera work where I was like, oh, God, like stop for a second, like stop moving. Um, And which also led to, I think, some of the weird cuts because they had to cut around inconsistent cameras. Uh, But yeah, I thought that was that was definitely an interesting sort of way to, to go about those scenes. Um, unrelated sure. unrelated to camera work but I just uh, it made it well the relation is I liked one of my favorite camera uh, or one of my favorite like editing things is when he is in his memory of the library of like seeing her with uh, with Elijah Wood and then he comes back and then he's in David Cross's apartment mm-hmm. um, that just I, I think that was like a really smooth transition and, yeah there's um, some nice transitions in this for sure I but that made me think of how how much I like David Cross's character in this as like a character that's on screen for maybe a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah his um, character's really good. just his relationship with General is pretty fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, he's very funny. It's just like his girlfriend or whatever is just constantly just like, yeah, nobody fucking cares that you're a stoner, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, and he's like building a fucking birdhouse at some point, like really loudly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. built like they're having a conversation. He's building a birdhouse while <laughs> with a joint in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. wife is just, or his girlfriend is just so annoyed with him. Fucking yeah. stop! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you give it a rest. Um, a birdhouse. <laughs> but he's also a good guy for uh, telling Jim Carrey about the mind erasing. Yeah. I think that's kind of an ins- that's like one of the harder to believe things is that like these people's friends don't tell them all of the time cuz yeah. like how are you supposed to like if you're on the other end of that like and you find out that your ex just doesn't know who you are like well, you're going to pursue that That's what it was wasn't it he they got a card saying that uh Kate Winslet's character had erased Jim Carrey from her mind which is weird that they didn't send a card to Jim Carrey being like Hey, this person erased you. Don't talk to her again. She won't know who you are. It's it's weird that <laughs> yeah. he doesn't get that warning, but his friends do. Yeah, yeah, I guess it seems like it's just meant to. I guess maybe they're trying to create more business by just driving these people insane. <laughs> yeah, I could see that too. Maybe to I don't know. Maybe to protect the person. Or you know what? I yeah. I think it might have actually been a mistake. Now that I think about it, because Jim Carrey does go to the office and he's really mad and he's like what the fuck like this girl erased me from her mind like what did you do to her and they're mm-hmm. like i'm sorry mr mr not jim carrey <laughs> yeah um, he's not supposed to know about it yeah yeah he's like we're not um, you weren't supposed to see that basically. right okay so that's it yeah so it is still weird that they wouldn't they wouldn't tell him but i just don't see a scenario like if like any anybody who like reaches out to their ex like mm-hmm. which happens a lot <laughs> yeah. um they like they would just be so confused. I guess nowadays it wouldn't be as big of an issue because if you texted them and you were like, "Hey, like, how's everything going?" They'd just be like, "I don't know who the fuck this is," and they'd yeah. just ghost you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that problem would be solved now. But 
And ghosting um, is so normal that people are just like, oh, they're just <laughs> ghosting me. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if I texted my ex right now and she didn't respond, I wouldn't assume that she got me erased from her mind. I would assume that she just didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but what if she did respond saying, who the fuck is this? <laughs> then you'd think, oh, um, she just erased my number. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, there's still an answer for that. You'd have to go pretty deep to the point where she was like, I don't know you specifically and have no memory of you. And then yeah. you'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> if you said like, it's Tom. And then she'd be like, Tom who? And then Tom Myring. Like, oh, she forgot my last name. Uh, it's Tom Myring. I'm Tom Quibby. Tom, Tom Myring Quibby. who? And he'd be like, Tom Myring Skywalker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, there's something else I was going to say. I forget what it is. Um. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, should, should, should we rate? Should we rate the movie? Do we have anything else to say about it? Should I show off my shirt? Oh, please! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For our podcast Ooh. listeners, Tom is wearing oh, a really? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind T-shirt. I awesome. uh, fun fact: I was um, given this shirt for my birthday, and this picture is actually takes place on my birthday, February fifteenth. Oh wow! I guess I'm doxing myself right now, but <laughs> um, your birthday, bro. Um, yeah, but it the I realized this is like a kind of a popular graphic from the movie. It's them laying on the ice with yeah. the quote, "I couldn't," or it's "I could die right now." Uh, I'm I'm just happy. I've never felt that way before. <laughs> I'm just exactly where I want to be. I'm reading it upside down. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> um, that's why it's so slow. But um, so that quote is from earlier in the movie, like the first go around. And then the picture is from the second time, like when they meet at the beginning of the movie, mm, um, yeah. because they just like have better outfits on. <laughs> <laughs> That's that fair. A good, it's a good shot. I like the shot of them laying down on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very cool shot. Yeah. With the cracked um, ice. Looks very badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes me want to do that, actually. I kind of want to... Where is the Charles? Is that between... Is that on Long Island somewhere? The Charles? Didn't they say they, like, went to Boston for that? Oh, so... Or, uh, yeah, well, because there's that moment somewhere. where she says to Elijah Wood, like, let's go to Boston. But I might have misheard I that. Think that. I think that's separate from the Charles, because that's okay. another memory, because he has that snow globe of Boston. Okay, or, yeah. I'm not I'm not totally familiar with the Charles. I'm. I only really know the Hudson. I'll look up, yeah, the Hudson and uh, the East River. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Googling it. Charles River. Um, apparently, there's a company called Charles River oh, so Laboratories. That's the first it's thing that It's an advertisement, up. of course. Yeah. Of it's course. in Massachusetts. It's uh, Okay, yeah. It goes through Boston, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that they, they did take the train to Boston. They shipped up to uh, Boston. No, they drove. They they drove to Boston. Shipping up. Yeah, because there's Boston. um, I mean that makes sense because they go at night and then they're driving back and it's the morning. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So. They they take a lot of long trips in this movie. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. real crazy thing. Is like that's where the best memories come from. I'm gonna be honest. All like, yeah. of my memories are just from like traveling with with Miriam. So she's a manic pixie dream girl. So. She's down for anything. Yeah, she's spontaneous. <laughs> she's quirky. Yeah, she's not like other girls. Um, I do like her hair a lot. I, I think that's a really good thing that grounds... Stole it from Scott Pilgrim. In the so. movie. 
No, uh, no, I mean, they didn't because <laughs> Ramona Flowers. Tobin. Ramona Flowers takes care of her roots, whereas Kate Winslet just lets that shit grow out after like the first die. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> See, I was thinking of Ramona Flowers when you were describing when you were when we were talking about how like um, Clementine's a flawed manic pixie dream girl. I was thinking of Ramona Flowers as like. The classic one that's like perfect. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't put Ramona Flowers in that has flaws, though, camp because she's really disinterested. I feel like, and she's like doesn't make the move on Scott and like doesn't necessarily make his life better. And she has like um, an issue with like <laughs> staying with. Well, I guess Gideon like fucking brainwashes her into staying with. Yeah. So you, John, you still have to read the books too. So yeah, because she's she's more fleshed out there. Okay. Yeah, no. But I think the the hair serves a different purpose in this. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's really well done, and I think it like there's the perfect amount of hair colors. I think it's four. Um, it's it's enough to give like good time frames of like yeah. I know when time is different because she has a different hair color. It changes and and it changes enough that like it doesn't like key you in completely to what's going on, mm-hmm. like because it's like different enough all the time. But like if you pay attention to it, it makes sense. Like you yeah. can place yourself in the timeline. Um, that's all I have to say though. Other than that, yeah, I think I'm out of things to say now that I now that Scott Pilgrim's been mentioned, the two movies do give me a similar feel now. <laughs> So yeah, it's just because the girl is very similar <laughs> some looking. Styles are pretty similar, but some um, transitions are. Do similar. you guys do you guys think the ending is optimistic or pessimistic? Optimistic. I take it as yeah. I guess optimistic and pessimistic is a weird way to look at it. It's definitely a positive ending. You think um, it's a positive ending. But yeah, I mean, the reality is that like. I think there's a strong possibility or maybe the takeaway you're supposed to have is that they're gonna like their relationship is gonna fall apart again, but they just want to do it because clearly they cherish those memories. They want them back somehow, even if it's not the same. Uh, So that's sort of, that was sort of my takeaway is it's optimistic, but it's still like they might still be headed for ruin, but we won't know until they, until they do it again, which obviously we won't see because there's no sequel. Yeah, if we ever s- fucking if we ever get a sequel to this, I will be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, don't think I could bring myself to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I sent BB that headline that I sent you, BB. That's so funny. Fuck, I can't. Look oh god, at it. I can't look. At I it can look at it. Yeah. Yes, I can look at it. Um, John sent me a headline. Th- you're talking about the Scarface one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it a, was. A bot, seems like a bot created that headline based on yeah, what people like. Luca Guad, Guadino to direct Scarface film directed by the Coen brothers, which sounds like. By, scripted by the Coen written, brothers. Yeah, written by the Coen brothers, which sounds like someone made a bot, like an AI, look at 100,000 film article headlines and just spit something out. <laughs> but it's actually true. But it's actually a real thing that's going to happen. But to be fair, Luca is like slated to do a bunch of like reboots and sequels right now. Like he's on like four movies right now. So I don't know which one yeah. he's actually going to do. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, it's, um, it's like uh, it's just like Denis because I think Luca and Denis are both like like masters of like either doing sequels or adapting shit. So people are just like throwing shit at these people. Like after calling yeah. by your name, Suspiria, and after like all these, uh, Denise like fucking fantastic. Like, yeah, they're all just like, do this adaption now. Do this adaption. I have the rights yeah. to this. Do this now. 
Charlie uh, Kaufman's gonna he is directing a movie that is supposedly coming out this year, but we'll see. Yeah. With Jesse Plemons, Tony Collette. I think it's a mo- I think it's a Netflix movie. So it's probably Oh, interesting. I might be wrong on That's that. That's good. But my my memory, which has been erased many times, um, is telling me that Well, a lot of five star yeah. reviews on this already. Yeah. Come on, it's a Kaufman written and directed, bound to be a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> The, the top review on Scoob right now actually says, stop reviewing this movie. It's not out yet. But now it is <laughs> out. Now it is out. So There's let's, one that... Let's, let's review Scoob. Um, but why don't we instead <laughs> review or give our scores for uh, Eternal Sunshine? Okay. Um, uh, should I go first? Because I'm the least you're the most mystery. Obvious, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So this is a five-star movie for me, and it has been for... 10 years or however long it's been since I saw it. It was, it's kind of been a metric. It, it, it kind of calibrated my five stars. <laughs> oh, nice. A nice so. calibration movie. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing I could see the movie doing better, really. I think it achieves everything that it set out to do. All right. Yes. What um, about you, John? I am giving it a four and a half. Um, Damn. I love this film. It's great. I am going to have fond memories of this film from now on um and Miriam, i am gonna watch it with you because you deserve to watch it as well um i really hope that she's not listening it. to this part of the episode honestly <laughs> well she's if she listened to this whole thing then she's already seen yeah. the movie in in word form <laughs> yep um anybody who hasn't seen this movie and is listening right now Screw you, you should still yeah. watch the movie, I guess, but <laughs> you didn't. You didn't really do it right, <laughs> John. John, what you have to do is you have to like instead of showing Miriam the movie, just sit her down and have her listen to this podcast, and you just like share some earbuds. Yeah, and you'll listen to the podcast at the same time together. True. My mom and just flash pictures of like quirky stuff on the screen, like potato heads and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> drawings and stuff like that. <laughs> My mom has admitted that she listens to this podcast. Um, and all of them are for like movies she hasn't seen. She she listened <laughs> to the Onward episode before she saw Onward, and then watched Onward like two days after she listened to the episode. Hell yeah! <laughs> Shout out to John's mom, true fan of the pod. Yeah. So she's probably um, listening to this right now, even though she hasn't seen Eternal Sunshine. That's fine. She knows what happens now. She she had her thing. She's she's got a man, I assume. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I gave this last night. I logged this as uh, three stars. I could probably see it bumping up to three and a half. I've said my piece, um, <laughs> and you guys are probably gonna shoot me with your. John's gonna shoot me with his gun that we established he carries around yep. everywhere for that. <laughs> I hate um, so rate movies poorly. Yeah, that's that's me. Is always as <laughs> I'm always the heel on this podcast. As we all know, I rate everything really poorly. Mm-hmm. I um, saw that rating last night, and I was very sad. <laughs> oh, no. That's not... I only want to elicit anger from my negative views. <laughs> yeah, never sadness. sadness. Come on. I saw it right I was also I a little nervous. I was a little nervous because I was like, oh, shoot, what if John also rates it three stars, and it's only me liking this movie? That would be yeah. such a sad and like, podcast. To be, we bring you to be clear, it's your favorite movie, and we're both shitting yeah. on your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom's already listened to me shit on Birds of Prey, so he's, he's um, chill enough. Yeah, Birds of Prey is like, okay, and I'm not that passionate about that movie. Okay. I, just, I really enjoyed watching it, but I yeah. didn't really care about it. 
personally. Yeah. And and to clarify, <laughs> I do think this is a good movie. Three for me is good. Um, three and a half, I would say, is is good. Er, uh, is yeah. my very scientific metric. Um, uh, yeah. At some point, I definitely need to go through my movies and like move my average score down. Because my yeah. average score right now is somewhere between a three and a half and four. I just need to watch more um, bad movies, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's my main thing is like I my letterbox like curve is really towards like the four or five end just because I don't actively watch movies I don't think I'm going to like. Yeah. So I just don't have a lot of negative reviews. Yeah, that's how I am, too. But I have probably as many. Wait, okay, so I have. Probably as many four star movies as I have three and below. Yeah. Which I guess like is kind of how it should be. Like, I don't know. I don't I'm not going to watch movies that I know are going to be bad. Yeah. Except for like Endgame. I watched Endgame just to like get pop culture references. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fair. That's us watching Cats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also, I watched Cats, but that was like for entertainment. Yeah. In a weird way. That's a one star. That's one of my six one stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, thank you for coming on, Tom. We'll definitely have you on again for sure um, for another yeah. Moody Boy movie. Yeah, maybe if you uh, do Columbus or something, that's kind of a yeah. kind of moody as well. We yes, yeah, or we could <laughs> definitely do, something um, I gotta see the new Kaufman movie when it comes out. I did look up oh. this movie, and it was supposed to come out first quarter of 2020. So yeah. Um, is it Netflix yeah, or no? It is Netflix. I it is confirmed Netflix. So I wonder why it didn't come out in the first quarter of 2020. Then yeah, the Wikipedia page as of says it was supposed to come out in the first quarter, and as of the second quarter, the film has not yet been released. So there's yeah. so, so maybe no we'll get a surprise no release. Explained it, so it just never yeah. came out. The mystery continues, and we'll solve it on the next episode of Columbo. <laughs> Until then, stay big, you beautiful boys and girls.